My name is Vero Valletti Flores. And I'm Miriam Soila Perez, and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love, and this week we're talking about diss tracks inspired by a very viral diss track mm-hmm. that um, everybody was talking about this week. But we're starting off our episode with a classic that we've brought before that probably most of you know and love. So let's take another listen to Paquita La del Barrio Rata de los Patas. Maldita cucaracha Que infectas donde picas Que hieres y que matas Alimaña, culebra ponzoñosa Desecho de la vida so you brought this tie-in to our uh, the viral distract everyone's talking about, and then I saw that Paquita actually posted a video on her Instagram talking back to Shakira and sort of like sending her love and support, which I thought was kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, if you all have not figured it out by now, the viral distract that we're talking about was Shaki's mm-hmm. uh, visa session. Um, we're, we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but this, to me, it was really giving Rata de los Patas, you know, which I just find it very hard to top. Yeah. <laughs> Rata de los Patas. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, that's so what... good. It's yeah. so angry. It's such creative insults, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that was um, so good is that clearly Paquita felt the same way because she felt compelled to yeah. like, post a message <laughs> yeah, on her exactly. Instagram. I thought that was amazing. And then there was that meme I, that I posted to the to our Instagram mm-hmm. of like Shakira turning into Paquita. Yeah. <laughs> The funny, the funny thing is, and I'll put a, we can put a link in our show notes to, to Paquita's message. It's actually very sincere and sweet. It does not have at all like the like angry vibes that this song has, you know. Um, so I think it's like it's like the ternura underneath the anger kind of place. Um, and she's just, <laughs> yeah, she's very. I sweet. think she probably knows. She probably knows that underneath that anger, like a homegirl has is hurting. Is hurting, yeah. So she says, yeah. she says, yo estoy contigo porque soy mujer. So it's definitely like, like women sort of like women supporting women situation. Um, but yeah, she's even like, if you ever come to Mexico, like I'm here, you know, it's very sweet. I mean, Paquita's 75, so good for her yeah. for being on Instagram. I mean, unfortunately for everybody, Paquita's like a notorious homophobe, which I like oh, to ignore. Oh, I forget about that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because uh, she's otherwise so incredible that it's easy to like try and put that away but she is but you know she's got a really intense life story where like I think that she like 
was married by the age of 15 Mm. and this man that she was married to like had this other secret family like you know like whoever this song is directed towards like Paquita has had lots of trash ass men in her like trash ass man experience to dedicate this level of anger to so I think that you know her sincere woman to woman message comes from a place of like oh I've been through some shit yeah 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 for sure. For sure. Well, I really like that you and Paquita were on the same wavelength around the connection between these two songs. <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was really great. Um, all right. Well, why don't we take a listen to the diss track in, um, that we're talking about in case y'all haven't heard it. Um, let's take a listen. This is from Shakira's Bisa Rap session. Um, yeah, let's take a listen. So if you've been listening to us lately, we have spoken about Bisa and these sessions before. Um, In case you are not familiar with this phenomenon, Bisa is an Argentine producer who has um, is sort of like a cultural phenomenon in the hip hop space mainly, but um, increasingly in larger pop culture spaces, as we can see by Chiquita here. Um, but so he's a producer who has made his name by inviting up and coming um, Latin hip hop artists to his studio, recording these sessions and posting them to YouTube. And um, the last time that we talked about Lisa was when um, Villano Antillano's session uh, went viral. Hers is probably. I don't know, maybe my favorite of Mm -hmm. these sessions. He's had a lot of really good ones, but um, she's her level of wordplay is so slick and so good. And I think that, um, you know, not all of, even not even most of the sessions, the B-Sess sessions are um, diss tracks, but they are an opportunity for um, rappers to display their skill. And so even though Shakira is not a rapper, she's sort of like, you know, trying to do this a similar thing with like some of her wordplay. To me, Shakira is like 
excels mostly like as a poet, you know, like in and like some of her wordplay here is like falls like a little flat, but it's clever. I, I think you disagree with me, but mm -hmm. as you liked it, yeah, I think I think the reason I mean it's it's become it's become the like most watched song by a Latin artist or video by a Latin artist on YouTube in, in like the first 24 hours. Um, so it's like clearly kind of hitting a point of sort of like virality. I think, I mean, I think you're right. Like part of why people care about this is because people care about celebrity culture and they care about like messy breakups and like, there's just sort of this like, yeah, yeah kind of like, absolutely. kind of like, you know, the phenomenon of like, you can't keep yourself from looking at a car crash kind of thing. But and it's very pointed, you know, like she's like very specifically like some of her in her workplace, she like names both this man that she's divorcing and the extremely young woman that he mm -hmm. has cheated on her with. Mm -hmm. So like, it's very like, it is messy. It's like very yeah, it's like very messy. Yeah, messy. there's no. And I think yeah. that that's people love people love mess. Yeah, but I also think that her wordplay is very clever, and her lyricism, like you, I mean, you said we talking before, like she's known for her lyricism, so it's not necessarily surprising coming from her. But yeah, like the sort of diss track vibe pointedness of it, the like almost like yeah, the like rapper quality. I mean, that's why it feels like a diss track. Like <clears throat> is very, I think, very clever and very well done, and that's also why it's becoming so popular because people are like, oh shit, you know. Um, the kind yeah. of the burns I feel like the burns are pretty good and that's I think that's what a diss track is about it's like about the you know sick burn like and I think hers is pretty damn good yeah I thought I, I don't know I wasn't like I'm not as impressed by them I don't think that they're as clever but um, you know that's obviously subjective I mm -hmm. like I listened I like had didn't listen to the full thing until I was preparing for this episode because it just I, like, wasn't really motivated to. But I also, I think, Bettis and I were talking about this. I'm, like, an exception where, like, I am supremely uninterested in the romantic lives of people that I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, it's just, like, it doesn't pique my interest in the same way, I think, that um, that other people do. So maybe right. it's also, like, the subject matter that I'm just, like, okay, right. this isn't as interesting to me as the rest of, of the things right. as, as everybody else seems to think it is. I think to be fair, you're not even that interested in the romantic lives of people you do know. Like, no, yeah. no. I think often like people's romantic lives are like yeah. the least interesting thing right. about them. Right. Right. Like, so like, I am more is... interested in what their passions and right. work and, right. you know, so like, it's even, just like, yeah. this isn't yeah. even a celebrity culture issue. Like, I feel like, no, I, no, I, no, like, it's have not. have more curiosity about, like, your relationship life than you have of mine. Not that, like, you're happy to hear about it, but you're not like, ooh, what's going on? You know, whereas I'm sort of like. No, I yeah, don't ask so. anybody about No, you that. don't. You don't. And I don't, I also don't tell other people about my, about mine. People ask me and they want to know. Right. And I was like, oh, let me tell you. But it's yeah. not like. Yeah. I'm not, like, ready with the, with my romantic right. life updates. You're for also not. everybody that I know. Yeah, you're not a processor in the same way either. But. Um, True. But yeah, no, I mean, I I definitely am interested in that stuff, I think. And I like will, you know, notice people's my friends on Instagram, like new relationships and like, oh, they've stopped posting about someone, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. The yeah. other day, I think we were talking, you were like, oh, yeah, I noticed when people like to me, it blew yeah. my mind yeah. that anybody would notice whether like you start or stop posting about somebody like I would never even occur to me to notice such a thing. Yeah. And the fact that anybody would be noticing this 
about somebody else's life is was like completely wild yeah. to me even though I think that it's actually very normal yeah I think you're I think you're <laughs> the exception on this front yeah and I wasn't I mean I don't follow yeah. Shakira she's not one of the like musicians or celebrities that I pay much attention to but yeah I mean this song I was both like damn girl and also like ooh, this is something that I went a little bit like I feel a little bit embarrassed for like it's funny on the face but then you're like oh wait these are actual people she has to stay in relationship with this person they have kids together uh like ooh, you know it's like a little like yeah ouchy. yeah I hate that I hate that I um I feel like I really would it, it would be very difficult to negotiate having such a big platform to diss somebody that you're really mad at <laughs> Yes. And also trying to stay yes. private and not messy. Yeah. I think that's probably a really difficult negotiation. Yeah. And even though I don't necessarily know that this is like too embarrassing for her, maybe, but like I would like be mortified to have everybody in my life like this in this yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And um, I, you know, I don't know what she's like, but it's, I feel like it's somewhat likely that she might later be mortified to have mm-hmm. her business all out like this but you know she yeah. also in some ways doesn't have a choice so i wonder right. what like you know like everybody like the you know like gossip rags all over the world are following this divorce so like her business is out so it's like maybe she's like i might as well say something about it yeah, that's on my terms it's like kind know? of the power move right yeah to be like you know what Fuck yeah it. but um I thought the other interesting thing was, and like it's kind of a adds to the pettiness of this, is that he doesn't have a plot. Like, like oftentimes these like diss tracks are like between two musicians, right? So they can kind of respond to each other. But like this dude, ha- he's a celebrity, but he doesn't. He's not a musician. He can't make a diss track, you know. Like so, he doesn't really have no. any way to like respond in kind. You know what I mean? And so that he's makes like it. He's like a soccer player. Yeah. But, like, is he good? I don't know. I don't follow soccer. I mean, I he's feel like he's like well he's... known, and soccer players are celebrities yeah, for he's sure. Like not even but yeah, like what's good. he gonna do? He's... he's gonna post on Instagram, be like, "You're an asshole too," you know? Like, what are you gonna do? Like... I saw because this is all over the internet. I saw that he went on a um, on like a podcast or whatever, and he was like wearing a Casio watch, which. <laughs> Okay. Okay. There's a line Uh in the thing where she's talking about how you replaced a Rolex with a Casio. And he's like, look at my Casio watch. And I was like, you know. All right. Well, good for him. I think that's a a clever way to respond. It is clever. Yeah. All right. So he's holding his own. It is clever. Um, I wanted to see how old. I mean, he is a man. I'm sure he's going to be just fine. Like, nobody is clowning on him for dating somebody half of his age, even though I find that supremely embarrassing for him. Yes. Yes. Um, I agree. What I'm trying to figure out... Oh, so the other interesting thing is that Pique is also 10 years younger than Shakira. So she's like giving him shit for dating a younger woman, but she dated a younger man. Um, mm, mm, mm. Interesting. I didn't know that he was yeah, that much younger than I was, her. I'm just look, literally looking at Wikipedia right now. Okay, so their first kid is 10. So he's pretty young. And then their next kiddo is 8. So yeah, that mm-hmm. feels a little bit like, ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that is one of the things that people on the internet are saying, you know, like think of the children. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully they I think it's funny. Like, I mean, hopefully me, everyone thinks like, it's funny, you know, like that's the way to relate to it. I think is like, oh, yeah. you burn me. Now I'm going to like reference your burn in my, yeah, in my, in my outfit. You know, like I think that's the way to do it. That's the way to deal with it. Otherwise it's just going to be really painful. 
Yeah, people are like, think of the children. I think it's a little concern, truly, honestly. It's just like, uh, her kids are wealthy and going to be just fine. I don't know. They have access to lots of therapy. They're going to be cool. Yeah, but I don't know. As a child of divorce, I feel like I feel more sensitive about, like, if your parents really hate each other, it fucking sucks a lot, you know? Like, it really impacts the kids, no matter how much money you have, so... Um, hopefully they work through their shit, but she's definitely like lit the internet on fire with this thing. Yeah. Well, oh, we have to give a, we have to give a shout out to Maite because this was actually her idea for this, um, theme for the episode. So thank you for that. Yeah. Maite was like, have y'all ever done a diss track episode? (laughs) You know what? We had not. Um, We haven't. Uh, I was going to bring, we were going to do a new music episode this week and Mm -hmm. I was going to bring this because Mm -hmm. everybody's talking about Mm -hmm. it anyway and it's new, but um, this was a good redirect. So shout out Maite. Thank you to you for that. So I, my next, the next song I want to bring is um, a historical diss track that I did not know the story behind, although I'm sure most of you have heard this song because it's very famous. Um, So let's take a listen to La Gota Fria and this is Carlos Vives's version of it it's he's covering it acordaste moralito de que el día que estuviste en urumita y no quisiste hacer parranda te fuiste de mañanita sería de la misma rabia te fuiste de mañanita sería de la misma rabia Yeah, I found a Wikipedia article. Shout out Wikipedia. I actually have given them money a couple of years, including this year, because I rely on them so heavily. I don't do a lot of... They, like, really get me with their pleas every, at the end of every year. I give them, like, $5. Um, <laughs> but they help me a lot with, with this podcast, especially. And there was a list of diss tracks throughout time, which is, like, a really interesting compilation. It's obviously not comprehensive, because, like, that would be so impossible. But um, right. one of the first song that was mentioned in it that was, like, a Latino song or a song by a Latino person was a 1938 song by Emiliano Zuleta, and it's La Gota Fria, which I think Carlos Vives' version, as is true with some other traditional Colombian songs, is probably the most famous. And so this is like a very famous vallenato. And I had never really listened to the lyrics particularly, but once I got the context and then listened to the lyrics, it's actually um, like an accordion battle beef, (laughs) 
which I think is Could there possibly be anything better than an accordion beef? I mean, it's so good. Fuck romantic beefs. Like, give me an accordion beef any fucking day of the week. Yeah, I feel great about this because I feel like a lot of the (laughs) the diss tracks, yeah, it's petty stuff. I mean, I think the relationship up is interesting, but yeah, it's petty shit. Somebody insulted somebody in an interview, like whatever, you know, but this was like, so apparently Emiliano like challenged this dude, Lorenzo Morales, to an accordion duel or battle. And a challenge, an accordion challenge is what it said. And um, and Lorenzo fled from it. <laughs> so this, Wow. Michael is like the diss track in response to him not like stepping up to the accordion challenge, which I don't even fled. know. Fled. <laughs> I don't even know what an accordion challenge is. Yeah, he fled. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's deep. Uh, I don't know if Lorenzo responded or not. This song is, is just kind of taken on a life. It doesn't um, matter. We don't remember Lorenzo's song. No, exactly. Like Gota Fria is the Here one we that, are playing this yeah, one. Yeah. Shout out Emiliano. I know. I know. <laughs> so I thought this was great. I thought this was great. Um, yeah. Just so many things to love about the story. I really want to know what an accordion challenge looks like. <laughs> I... It's like a new life goal has been unlocked. I want to be at an accordion challenge. Just like imagine two guys with an accordion, like really getting up in each other's faces and like pushing the, the like whatever those are called really hard. Oh my God. <laughs> like I can't believe that we have things like the Super Bowl where people are like getting carted off the field in an ambulance when we could watch accordion challenges instead. <laughs> what is wrong yeah, with society? I know. I know. It's just so good. It's just so good. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of knew this history, but I feel like you had to, like, reinforce it for me, which is, like, you know, diss tracks really – I mean, obviously there's some origins that are very, very old like this, but I feel like the sort of modern era of a diss track is really comes from, like, the rap battle arena, right, where people will do these, like, very, like, Im- like improvis- improvised live, like, lyric rap battles, like, one-on-one, even, like – physically on a stage or in an audience um with an audience and so it's like really about yeah improvisation and lyricism and like your ability to um yeah to rap in an in a improv improvisational improvisational way and then yeah because it's a battle obviously there might be some like yeah burning each other and dissing each other and just like coming up with really clever ways to like make fun of each other basically yeah i really appreciate that one of the things that i appreciate about the history of the diss track is like trying to show off the skill your mm-hmm. skill right and which is why i also appreciate this like accordion off right mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> you know sometimes the what's below it is beef that's just as petty as a romantic spat but then there is like this um desire to show off your skill and how mm-hmm. you're much more skilled than your opponent and so um, I've, I really, I really like artistically, it's very interesting um, to watch. Yeah, it's like, it's like slam poetry, right? But like in this very, um, yeah, musical and although slam poetry can be musical and like, yeah, like this very like sharp. Um, and I mean, I'm just so impressed that people can come up with like these kinds of rhymes and on the spot and be so clever is like pretty incredible. Um, and I think that gets, yeah, lot. although not all of, not like a lot of diss tracks aren't necessarily yeah, yeah, like yeah. live rap battles, no, right? No, like most not. diss yeah. tracks that we know today are, you know, like people Produced, write them and then yeah. they're like, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's where it originates, right? Like that's where the idea of it comes from. Um, and I think, yeah, because what we hear is produced and like 
edited and recorded like we lose we lose kind of that connection to what was like a really improvisational yeah history and i don't know if rap battles still happen but um it's pretty a pretty incredible show of skill like you said yeah yeah so to transition to your next song like what do you see as the link between like rap battles and diss tracks and like tiraeras of like the reggaeton kind of arena yeah i think it's one of the things that like connects um one of the ways that hip hop culture is really present in um, in reggaeton right. is the tiraera culture, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's like these beefs between um, between different reggaetoneros and y le tiran, you know, mm-hmm. le tiran a los eh, a, al, al oponente. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm bringing is, you know, like maybe considered like one of the best tiraeras, like at least of the time, um, maybe of all time. I feel like there's like there there was like a lull in tiraeras for a while, but I feel like in the last few years, like. Especially like, you know, there's one, um, un señor who keeps getting into beefs with people who we'll talk about later. <laughs> yeah. But um, right now, we're going to talk about Teo Calderón featuring Voltio. This is the Guasa Guasa remix. I would say considered one of the best reggaeton tiraeras of all time. He, um, this, uh, this tiraera was Tego coming, tirándole a Lito y, Polato, Lito y Polaco. And they had been sort of going at it before this time. Um, Lito y Polaco um, did, you know, like... Tego le tiró a Lito y Polaco in 2003. And then, like, they... Or like you know ellos respondieron and then, then there was this one like he was just like not really willing to put it away and um this one 
is a remix of the track Guasa Guasa, which originally appears on El Avallarde, which if you listen to our 20th anniversary El Avallarde episode last November, um, you will have heard it. But like in that original song, he was like, si quieren tirarle a alguien, tirenme a mí. You know, like if you got a diss track, you got to try me because mm-hmm. you can suck my dick. You know, like basically <laughs> like... <laughs> and so then he in the on El Enemy de los Guasiri in 2004 included this track that was a response to like you know like this like sort of like ongoing tiraera with Liti Polaco and he just sort of like buried them I feel like Liti Polaco did not recover <laughs> after this one and um Tego, as you all know, is like probably like the king of lyricism and reggaeton. I don't think that there's really been anybody like him since. Some might say that like Residente is also like a good lyricist, but like, I don't know. But a mí nadie toca Tego. Not yet, you know. Um, and, you know, like Bad Bunny's clever, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a different vibe. But this this is a, a really classic one and um it's really really clever really good yeah for sure for sure i feel like this must be the origin of like the mic drop right like you're you're like yeah, at a rap absolutely. battle and you yeah you throw some really good lyrics that's and absolutely then, the origin mic drop yeah and totally. then you're like fuck you and then Boom. you drop, <laughs> yes, drop the mic that's yes. what, exactly what it exactly is exactly what it is i can imagine tegel might have been at some of those battles like back in the day you know like that he would come from the generation where that might still have been happening but that's just a guess. yeah yeah i mean there's different hip-hop cultures across the world where that is like has more or less important like venezuela is hip-hop culture um, still to this day, a little bit less now than it used to be, but still to this day is very, very battle rap heavy. Mm. Like nobody, no Venezuelan rapper makes it out onto the mainstream without like coming through the mm. battle circuit, right? Like mm-hmm. nobody, if you're not, if you can't get through that, you're not making it <laughs> in right. the Venezuelan hip hop right. scene. Right. And um, and so you know, like a lot of Venezuelan rappers are like really fucking fire lyricists because right. you, you can't to get out if right. you're not if you're not going through that. So I think that depending, it's you know, like it was a huge part of early hip hop culture in the United States. And depending on where in the world you are, it remains so. Yeah. Um, in some places. Really interesting. Well, and that's making me think of like you know reality tv all these like musical competition shows in some ways like borrow from that legacy i don't know if like the people who started american idol or whatever is the first one like had that in mind when they were like "Ooh, let's do this competition show um and in a similar way they make way, them diss each other sorry i have literally never watched one oh, single oh, episode no. of american idol do no. they diss each other no they don't diss each other at all but this whole sort oh. of like head to head like let's compete against each other to be the best kind of thing so yeah no they oh, don't they don't okay. diss each other but they they oh, are okay. Okay. i can see like they're just, just it's just a competition it's a competition yeah and then i mean similarly sort of what you're saying like about argent about venezuela like you know I mean, I think it was more true at the beginning and it's less true now because there's so many shows, but like, you know, Kelly Clarkson, I think was the first American Idol winner and like that, it absolutely made her career, you know? Um, so it really does, I don't know, I see a little bit of a parallel there of like, obviously it's it's like less authentic, it's less interesting, it's more like produced, it's, you know, more capitalistic in that way than like an organic rap battle situation, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I wonder yeah. about the connection there. And those are big in Latin America too, like La Voz and stuff. There's a lot of, of those kinds of musical reality shows that people love and do like really launch careers. 
Yeah, I mean, music contests have been a thing for a very long time. Since That's before true. That's true. Right? Like, you know, like yeah. radio State contests. Fair. Like Celia Cruz <laughs> yeah. won a radio right, contest. Right, right, right. And You're it right. became like right. the voice of La Sonora Matantera, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, it's not necessarily a, a new idea. It's just the format of the reality show. Um, yeah. I was excited to hear that they might be dissing each other. I was like, really? <laughs> That would be interesting, no. but no, no, I don't, I, mean, I don't, unless I don't, I don't watch that genre very much. So it's like, it's possible that there's someone where that's part of it, but I haven't, the, the judges can kind of be pretty like dis heavy, unfortunately. Like, you know, there's like the mean judge mm-hmm. and the nice judge or whatever. Um, okay. Last political connection or yeah. Um, I wonder about the connection between like this sort of diss track trend and like the violence that occurred that occurs that occurred i mean thinking about like some of the like high profile murders that happened um in like what was that like the 90s of um you know big name rap folks that were had to do with like actual you know sort of more like organized crime gang related beef Mm -hmm. and whether there's any like so it's like it's these diss tracks are fun and we're laughing and it's like oh whatever there's no consequences but i wonder if there's a connection between any of the like actual like violence that has happened. There's definitely a connection. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely a connection. Yeah. Those yeah. beefs are why people got murdered. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 So, you know, there's that, the dark side, I guess, of the diss track, right? Is that, yeah, it's actually creates like real aggression and violence between people sometimes. Well, yeah. And obviously like, and when you're talking about men who have access to weapons, right things can sometimes you know like chucky does not gonna kill anybody no no you know but right and her husband's not gonna take it to different levels yeah i mean i guess her husband could if he was that deranged but yeah yeah just have to like i had to remind myself of that connection too Mm. it's all like fun and games until it's not fun or games you know until it's not fun or games right yeah which i don't i don't know i don't i'm not as connected to like the current like rap hip hop arena, whether there's like that kind of connection to gang stuff and like violence and crime that the way that there has been historically. Mm. Uh, There is a really high profile investigation, like a Rico case right now um, with the the YSL record label. Okay. Um, And it's a, um, I don't know that there's any, this, this doesn't have anything to do with distracts really, but there is a long history of prosecution, like from the government of um, hip hop in the same way that like, you know, like the mano dura reggaeton, you know, like that people have been criminalized and like sometimes it's like, um, it's, you know, like a lot of like the way that reggaeton came up, you know, like the, way people had money to make videos and like buy stuff for their studios was drug money. Right. Right. Like that was the access underground economies or the way that people had access to money, like in the hood, you know? And I think that that's remains true in a lot of places Mm -hmm. in the United States today. And so um, I think that going from there to like bringing a Rico case against a record label by saying that they're like an organized crime ring is like, quite a leap and I think that there's a lot of people that would say that this is a matter of um, race and like a you know like just like a larger pattern of 
the U.S. government coming after black culture makers, right. um, you know, similar to what we saw um, with uh, early reggaeton days with the Manodura, mm-hmm. like, anti-crime initiative, mm-hmm. right? So that stuff is definitely still happening. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks for that context. I mean, I wonder maybe if one thing that has changed... Um, you know, like you're saying, like you needed money, right? You needed money to get started. You need money to produce music. And so you need, where are you going to get money if you're poor? It's like underground economy stuff, right? Like that's just what happens. Um, and that, you know, the way technology has evolved, like people, like the barrier to entry is much lower, right? People can make it music much lower. and true. get their music out without needing access to tons of money. Obviously, like once you get to a certain level, you do need money. But, um, but yeah, that that might create an entry point that doesn't require those kinds of um, connections. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is a much, it's a much lower entry point. Like maybe like with a laptop, you can, right. <laughs> a laptop and a mic and a couple mm-hmm. things in your bedroom, you could do something like fairly that sounds okay, you know, yeah. or like yeah. you could make the sound work for you, right? It's mm-hmm. um, definitely a lower entry point than yeah. it once might have been. Yeah, which I think is also the technology, just like in terms of like knowing what kind of equipment and how to work it mm-hmm. is really different than like, you know, like, in the 60s or in the days of like analog studios right mm-hmm. right you needed to be more highly trained yeah probably cool all right well we've been talking we've been referencing this dude because he's definitely involved in like maybe the most number of diss tracks i don't know and I, I don't know who's counting but I, I just his name was everywhere and all the research i was doing about diss tracks so i felt like we needed to include him even though veto has some strong feelings about this dude um so let's take a listen to a song by residente called mis disculpas Te voy a dar un par de puntos válidos Tirarte a ti es como abusar de un inválido Tirarte a ti es como dejar sin aire a un anciano Es como jugar veo veo contra José Feliciano Tú no eres real, como una cirugía en la cara No eres real Como las tetas de Sofía Vergara Tú quieres saber qué es real Real es que en la isla nos están clavando con una junta de control fiscal Real son los estudiantes, los maestros, profesoras Los boricuas que trabajan a 4.20 la hora Real son tus hijas que sin ti fueron creciendo Y a pesar de que eres bruto, todavía te siguen queriendo Real son los obreros mezclando Yeso, real es tu mamá aguantando mientras tú estuviste preso Que tuvo que usar el dinero de la sopa Pa' que tú te compraras jabón, comida, cigarrillos y ropa Y mira cómo le pagas haciéndote el sicario Nombre de ella te voy a dar con tu el abecedario Tu cerebro tamaño ciruela Es la razón por la que el gobierno tiene que dejar de cerrar escuela Y tú me debes una, ya se olvidaron Un querido FBI le diría a los federales que te arrestaron Llorando por 11 años y con el culo trinco Mi hermano Okay, so this song is from 2017. I mean, I do think, like you said, I think Residente is a very talented lyricist. He has a really good um, rhymes and turns of phrase and, like, is very, obviously also very, like, um, good at performing them. Like, he has this this mastery of that. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't think I would compare him to Tego. And also I find him a little bit offensive. Um, and I know there's like a line, right? With It's kind of like comedy. Like, you know, when you're insulting someone, like you're going to use a lot of things that are like offensive references. But I feel like Residente, I don't know. Just, yeah, he's also just a fucking dick. I have had it with Residente. Residente is like, 
also an old man dating a 20 year old yeah and that like really makes me i don't know that really like lowers my level of respect for um for men but he's just like sort of a dick he's like muy like machito de izquierda yeah, you know what i mean right. like yeah it's so annoying to me and like i just like have had it also in my day with like you know men on the left who are just not so secret misogynists so this is just like it gives right. that vibe to me like always residente does yeah. And he's like always involved in so many like you were you were like why why is Rosie in so many beefs so many things because he's a fucking dick. Also like clearly why? he likes this genre you know like clearly yeah this is, like, yes a place he where also he feels likes really it good. he's uh, gifted, he's gifted. Uh, in you know like a, a gifted lyricist so he thrives in it mm-hmm. but he also seems like he has not been to therapy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no it, like yeah. does not have a lot of outlets to express his anger that are not right. you know and clever I, insults. I just feel like there's some lines you don't cross too. Like in this particular song, he um, takes a kind of takes aim at Jose Feliciano, which just feels like. I don't know. It feels like taking Rude. Aim, taking aim at like Santa Claus or something. Like, what the hell? Leave this dude alone. And he references his blindness. Like, it's just like not cute. You know, it's like ableist and weird. And um, I'm like, if you're yeah. that clever, you can come. You can do better. You know. And then I, I think a lot about that Calle 13 song that um, Atrévete, right? Which is such a big hit, and has that really fucked up line about Palestinian people. About the Palestinian yeah. explosion. Yeah. Yes, it like, is. It's like, like that. That line makes me cringe every so single bad. time. It's so bad. It's not okay. To, I love the song. Like, it's a very very cringy line. Oh my god! It like you can't come up with a not better then, and it has not aged well. Metaphor than like comparing yeah, Palestinians to like yeah terrorist bombers. It's it's just bad. Yeah, and so I'm sure I could have dug out more from this one, but. Um, I was like, Jose Feliciano, it was in the, within the first five lines. I'm like, leave the dude alone. Like, Feliz Navidad. Like, what the fuck, you know? Just feels like low. Yeah, and it, low. he also has, like, this notorious beef with J Balvin, who, right. which, like, the hot to make thing. me <laughs> empathize with J Balvin's corny ass is really, truly doing something. Right, right. And, like, he just, like, keeps, like, le sigue tirando right. al man. And he just keeps, like, J Balvin's just, like, you know, going to his therapy and not responding. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like you know like making a t-shirt a funny t-shirt right. about it right. and not responding <laughs> and yeah. the can't stop kind of being like, like i hate you like bro calmate yeah like i mean just yeah i just feel like maybe it's his way of trying to stay relevant you know by like hitting these big guys yeah. and seeing if they'll but this, it works. Yeah, this one was a response to a diss track, which that feels more respectable. I'm like, okay, fine. If someone throws a diss track at you, then like you respond with one. Like that's what you do, you know. Versus just <laughs> yeah. like randomly coming out of nowhere and making fun of Jay Balvin, which like isn't hard to do either. You know, it's like you're not even. No, not it's not hard to do. The dude has like neon colored hair most of the time. Like he knows he's a joke. It's fine. You know, like it's not. I don't think you're gonna hurt his feelings. You know. Um, <gasps> But yeah, you look like the petty guy in the corner being like, you want to fight? You want to fight? <laughs> and the other guy's like, no. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know? So, so was his visa session was also like a tiraera for Jay I Balvin, was wondering no? about that. I figured, yeah. It was 10 months ago. I didn't... I'm pretty I didn't, sure it yeah, was. I think, I think it, was it was during the hot... Wasn't it during the hot dog moment, maybe? 
Yeah, I think that yeah. it was the hot dog moment, perhaps. <laughs> Which made me th- ask you, like, is Visa, like, a, is that a diss track space? But no, that's just a coincidence. No, no, no. It's just a rap space. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, sometimes that's what comes out. Within that. Yeah, yeah. Right. exactly. Right. Yeah, also, like, J Balvin doesn't have these skills. He's not going to be able to respond. So it also no. seems like. <laughs> no, he doesn't. It just, no, it, he that's doesn't. why it seems like. The, it's like. Ay, pobrecito. Yeah. yeah, he does it. It's like, yeah, it's like. I don't know who's the bully here. <laughs> you know, I think it's, I think it's Residente. You know, um, so even though J Balvin's like way more popular and successful than he'll probably. I mean, there's ever one be. thing to say about like the origins of the genre and like the origins of the genre were like these, like you know, like calle. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. uno tenía que tener calle para estar uh-huh. en este género, and uh-huh. now you can just be like a slickly produced rich kid from Medellin. Right. You know, and be at the top of the game. And people are mad that, like, these people don't have any street game. And, like, you know, I, I understand it that it's, like, you know, like, there's a culture to protect. Right. But, right. Which so, is, yeah. there's, that's also important context. Yeah, and actually that's the context behind this particular diss track was that Residente apparently gave an interview and, like, made a stab at, like, modern, modern music not having, lacking creativity, which... Um, I didn't listen to I didn't look back to the original interview but the reference said that it was like implied that that was about reggaeton and so then Tempo put out a diss track towards Residente for that comment and then this is Residente yeah it's a little rich though because like right is he really I mean, that calle yes he came because he's like Residente nunca tan calle tampoco fue right, you know what I mean right that's what I was like, gonna ask yeah like he's yeah, yeah 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 I sort of question that like it's not like he was like J Balvin level, but like, hazme el favor y te me calmas. You know what right, I mean? Like, yeah. it's always this level of folks who are uh-huh, the most mad. Uh huh. Because you know, yeah, because he's sort of trying to be like, because he's being distancing. defensive and he's, yeah, about his position. Exactly. He's trying to and distance distancing himself, himself right, from exactly. that. Because I'm not you, and it's like, well, there's a lot of people who'd be like, dude, you're not one of us either. <laughs> you know. So yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. And like, yeah, racialized as well, right? Because Residente is definitely like a real light skin Correct. kid. Yeah. And so is J Balvin. So yeah. Fascinating. Well, who Muy knew dis- who knew diss tracks could be this deep? I love it. I love it. Um mm, yeah, absolutely. All right, we just we just as we were going through this episode realized we we forgot a really iconic one, and I think we should mention it before we go to the member segment. What do you think? <laughs> We have brought it to the episode before. Maria Carey's obsessed. Just so good. And I, I, it's just one of the best, such a good response uh-huh. to Eminem just being like relentlessly obsessed with her, like in the early aughts. <laughs> like, it was like, bro, you doth protest too much. Like, I know you want to hit that and Mariah's never going to allow it. So like, you've got to calm down. And so she just penned one of the. Uh, it's so good. I love. I love that song. I, I always, if I I'm know. in a bad mood, yeah. and I hear "Obsessed," like it will instantly lift my spirits. I love it. It's just incredible. All right. Well, why don't we take a quick listen to it so everyone else can have that lift- lifting spirits feeling? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Why are you so obsessed with me?
Venezuelan father um, and yeah this is just a great uh, this is a mic drop for sure love her love her Eminem was reeling at the end of this surely <laughs> he was burned he was burned <laughs> he, needed, he needed a fire extinguisher <laughs> um, alright y'all thank you so so much for listening as always all the information about all the tracks that we talked about are in our show notes yes um, you can make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And we have a newsletter every Friday where we talk about the newest episode and also share some recommendations and links and things we're into. Shout out Maite as always for the editing and this time also for this episode theme. What would we do without you Maite? Thank you so much. Yes. All right, y'all. Hasta la próxima. Bye. Se queda muy chiquito